just pick one of these five subjects to do each day of the week. They're only going to take about five or ten minutes, so it shouldn't be hard at all. Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. We've been talking about how to make the transition to the Charlotte Mason method, and I'm going through five stages to help you make that transition. We talked last time about stage one, the basics. If you haven't watched that video already, you need to do that before you move on to stage two. Today is stage two, and it's called Once a Week. These are five subjects that are not hard to do, and I want you to do those once a week. We'll just pick one of these five subjects to do each day of the week. They're only going to take about five or ten minutes, so it shouldn't be hard at all. The first of the subjects is picture study. This is a great way to give your children art appreciation and to add variety to your week. What you're going to do is pick an artist, let's say Vermeer, and you're going to show your children the picture. So all you have to do is hold it up, have them look at the picture until they've got it in their mind's eye. They can see it clearly, in detail. If they close their eyes, they've got all the details right there in their minds. When they're ready, then, you're going to hide the picture and have them describe it to you as much as they can. After they've described it, Look at it again to clarify or confirm what they, have, what they have told you, what they've described. And then just put this picture on display for the rest of the week. Next week, pick a different picture, but stick with the same artist. You're going to want to stay with Vermeer or whatever artist you have chosen for 12 weeks. So all you have to do is choose a different picture by the same artist, have them look, Hide it and describe it, look again, and then put it on display for the rest of the week. After you've gone through about six or eight of that artist's pictures, your children are going to have a really good feel for that artist's style. And then you can read a living biography of that artist sometime during those 12 weeks as well. That's picture study. Not hard to do. Takes about five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, once a week. The second subject is pretty similar to it, and it's music study. You're going to pick one composer. You're going to linger with that composer for the 12 weeks. Play that composer's music in the background, just informally, maybe during lunch. You'll say the composer's name, hey kids, let's listen to Bach, and then start playing Bach's music during lunch, or maybe while they're cleaning up or while they're getting ready for bed. But then, once a week, gather together and have a focused time of listening to that composer's music. Choose one of his pieces and listen to it carefully. Maybe you could give the children silk scarves and they could move the way the music makes them want to move. Or let them draw what the music sounds like to them. If the music makes them want to come up with a story, they could do that. Any of these ideas will help them with focused listening. You can also say, okay, listen for the loud parts and the soft parts, or listen for one specific musical instrument, anything like that. Again, it will only take about five or ten minutes once a week, but that's music study. 
so picture study, music study, and then another day of the week, do poetry. If you are not really comfortable with poetry, it might be because of the way you were taught it in school. If you were taught poetry like I was, it was dissected and pulled to bits, and any joy that you might have had in those words from the poet was just sucked out of them by all of that analyzing. That's not how Charlotte taught poetry. She wanted us to enjoy the poet's words, how he used words, how she put the words together. Enjoy that with your children. So just pick one poet, and you can linger with that poet the whole year if you want to. Once a week, read a poem by that poet and just enjoy it with your children. If the poem lends itself well to illustrating, you could sometimes have the children illustrate the poem, or you could have them act it out if it lends itself to that. And then if you wanted to, you could assign some poetry for the children to memorize. And if you want to go that route then, go ahead and schedule a second day of the week for them to work on memorizing and reciting that selected poem. But mainly all you need to do is read a poem once a week and enjoy it together. Now there's one more thing that I wanted to mention, just a little tip here on the side. It's something called a Book of Centuries, and it's going to help you to organize all the poets, all the artists, all the composers, and the history and Bible that we talked about last week. A Book of Centuries is basically a timeline in a book. Every two-page spread covers a hundred years, a century. That's why it's called a Book of Centuries. So whenever you read about a certain event in history or a certain person, like we talked about Albert Einstein last time, flip open to the century in which he lived and write his name in there. Whenever you are studying a certain poet, if you're reading poems by uh, Longfellow, then flip open to the century in which he lived and enter his name. The same with your artists and your composers, your Bible events and characters from Bible. All of those should be entered in your book of centuries because as the children enter new people into that book of centuries, they are seeing all of the other entries they've already made and they're starting to make those connections. Oh, he lived at the same time as he did. I didn't know that. And when the child makes that connection for himself, that's when it sticks. You can download a free Book of Centuries off of our website, just a basic one that has the timeline across the top and blank pages. I recommend that you start with a family book of centuries, especially with younger children, so that you can show them how this works. Here's a tip also. First thing you do when you have your book of centuries, open it up and put in your child's birthday. Now he has a reference. And then maybe put in your birthdays and maybe put in grandpa and grandma's birthday. And now we're going to go back and put in when Vermeer lived. So your child will have a little bit of a form of a frame of reference if you do that. You can get that basic book of centuries as a free download, or we have a more deluxe version that is for sale on our bookstore on our website. So you'll find links to those in the show notes.
All right, we've talked about the first three subjects that we do just once a week, picture study, music study, poetry. Let's talk about a fourth subject, and that's nature study. Nature study is simply getting outdoors and recording what you observe about God's creation around you. Take your children outside, go with them, and each of you can have a sketchbook or a blank journal. And as you observe different things, you can write down those or you can draw pictures of those. It should be, your, your nature notebook should be a reflection of your own personality. So don't grade them, don't put pressure on the kids that it has to look a certain way. Just guide them in forming those relations with nature outdoors. And the nature notebook is just a record of those observations. You might want to get them all focused and give them some direction to begin with. Our book, Journaling a Year in Nature, is going to give you those weekly ideas. You might go look at a tree and adopt that tree for the whole year. This is our American beech tree. And every few weeks, go visit that tree again and see what's happening in its world during that day. Or you might say, let's go look for birds today, or let's go look for spider webs today. Journaling a Year in Nature will give you those prompts and help you know what kinds of things to look for during the different seasons of the year. But the main thing is get outside and let your children interact with nature up close and personal, and then record their observations in that nature notebook. And then the last subject that I want you to do just once a week is geography. Geography can be approached through a combination of living books and map work. Now, two great living books that I just love to use for geography are Material World and Hungry Planet. In both of those books, a professional photographer traveled the world and took pictures of typical families in different countries. In Material World, you'll see a picture of that family outside their house with all their possessions on the front lawn. It's amazing to look at those pictures. You learn so much about the different cultures around the world, and that's what geography should be. It's about people, not just about land. So Material World also shows some candid shots. As the photographer spent time with that family, he wrote about his time with them. So it's like a travelogue with shots of that family besides the big picture. And then in Hungry Planet, it's the same thing, same photographer, but it is a picture of a typical family with one week's worth of groceries in their kitchen or wherever they might happen to cook their food. And there's also some favorite recipes in there that you can look at, maybe try out if you want to. But those are great living books for geography. And then combine living books with map work. Looking at maps and seeing how these countries relate to each other, where they are in relation to the oceans, where they are in relation to each other, which ones are landlocked, which ones are in the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere. All of those things are great. An easy way that you can do map work once a week is to give your child a blank outline map 
I like to focus on one region for the whole year, so maybe we'll do South America and Central America this year. Give them a blank outline map so that the countries are outlined but are not labeled. Tell them, label the countries you know. And after they've done that, give them a labeled map and have them compare and check their work. Make sure they've been spelling the words correctly as well. And then have them fill in one or two new countries from that labeled map. Set it aside. Next week, give them another blank outline map. Same region, South and Central America. Say, fill in the countries that you know. And then give them the labeled map so they can compare and make sure and fill in one or two new countries. Just keep that up every week, and by the end of the year, your children will have a really good feel for that area of the world as it is on a map. But be sure to combine it with those living books. One other thing you can do with living books is as you read about your artists, as you read about your poets, maybe your artist lived in France, will go find France on a globe or on a map. When you read about your poet and you see he lived in Illinois, go find Illinois on the map. Just finding those countries as you read books together is a great way to make geography come alive to your children. And by the way, now that you know how to do history, Bible, and geography, you might want to take a look at the ready-to-go lesson plans that we have for those subjects. We have them available in six different time periods to choose from, and they might save you some time because the living books are already selected and divided out day by day. If that would be of help to you, feel free to take a look. We'll add those links in the show notes. So your assignment for Stage 2, five subjects, picture study, music study, poetry, nature study, and geography, but you're just doing one each day, and it's only going to take about five or ten minutes. Maybe you're going to do picture study every Monday. That's great. And do music study on Tuesday. You're focused listening, but you're going to play it during lunch on Thursday and Friday, too. Maybe you're going to read your poem on Wednesday. You see how this works. Just assign one subject to each day of the week. And if you want to, you can ease into this stage in different steps. Maybe you just want to get picture study up and running. That's fine. Then once that plate is spinning, add in music study. You see how this works. You can take it as slowly as you need to in order to feel confident and comfortable with these parts of the Charlotte Mason approach. Next time, we'll talk about Stage 3.